This evening, before you see the film, I should like to tell you a very simple story. When I was United States Commissioner of Education, I invited 20 high school students from across the country to join me for the day. We had a seminar discussing public education. Late in the afternoon before our separation, I asked the students to tell me about the teachers they had had, and I heard some most outstanding stories. I then asked how many of the students had had a teacher who had truly changed their lives, and you won't be surprised to learn that every hand went up. And finally, I asked if anyone in the room had ever thanked a teacher, and not one hand was raised. And then one of the young women, with some embarrassment, said, well, you see, it's not the thing to do. These students had been with dozens of teachers in years of formal education, and yet not once, by their own confession, even after an exciting session, and even after they had been profoundly moved, did a student stop by the teacher's desk to say thank you very much. And I said to the student, uh, how many of you could come into a classroom day after day, having prepared seriously your lessons, and be stared at as if you were brontosaurus warmed over, and then have the teacher students walk from the room with no glimmer of response? I said, that's asking just too much. So perhaps a bit too flippantly, I said, before you graduate, promise me one thing, that you'll take a teacher to lunch instead of have one for lunch. And they all agreed they would. Several years ago, I couldn't sleep, and so instead of counting sheep, I counted all the teachers I'd had. I remembered 15 very well, and then I tried to think about those teachers who had been outstandingly important in my life, those in individuals uh, who had changed my vision and my direction. First, I thought about Miss Rice, my first grade teacher. Uh, on the first day of school, I was walking with my mother, and on the way I said, well, I learned to read today, and my mother said, no, not today, because it will take a year. Well, uh, I thought I was going to school to learn to read, and I wanted to get on to it. My mother and father had the frustrating habit of writing notes to one another, and as they say in Washington, my brothers and I weren't in the loop. So I wanted to break the adult code. But mother said I wouldn't learn to read. Well, she didn't know Miss Rice, my first grade teacher. I walked into the room, and there she stood, half human, half divine. In fact, for months, I just assumed that in the afternoon, Miss Rice ascended into heaven, and then in the morning came down to teach the class. <laughs> but after a moment's pause, Miss Rice looked at 28 frightened, awestruck, anticipating children, and she said, good morning, class. Today we learn to read. First words I ever heard in school. Not one child said, no, not today, let's string beads. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, if Miss Rice says you learn to read, you learn to read. I'd do anything she says. We spent all day on four words, I go to school. Brilliant choice. We traced them, we sang them, uh, and God forgive her, we even prayed them. She had worked out a little prayer. Thank you, God, I go to school. Incidentally, <laughs> that figures. <laughs> Um, incidentally, on that delicate subject, I did hear recently that the one prayer in school that's acceptable to all faiths is, oh God, don't let her call on me today. 
Well, that afternoon I ran home, 10 feet tall, whipped a crumpled piece of paper from my pocket, announced proudly to my mother, today I learned to read. I hadn't learned to read, I learned to memorize, but Miss Rice taught me something profoundly essential to my entire life, and that is that language and learning are inextricably, inextricably connected. And so this evening, I should like to pay tribute to Miss Rice, first grade teacher, elementary school, Fairview, Dayton, Ohio, who 50 years ago, unheralded, unremembered, to a little class said, today we learn to read. I recalled Mr. Whitlinger, a high school history teacher, who one day said quietly as I passed his desk, Ernest, you're doing very well in history. You keep this up, you'll get an A. Let the record show that that's the first time a teacher said to me directly, you're doing very well. And for the first time in my life, I felt that I just might, just might academically excel. I then remembered Dr. Joseph Smith, a literature professor who was not just a teacher, he was a compelling, buoyant, enthusiastic human being. Professor Smith laughed and cried. He read aloud King Lear, Othello, and Macbeth, which he had done a hundred times before. He taught me that messages can live forever. He taught me to be respectful of the spoken word. He taught me that in reading literature, we can find meaning enduring meaning for our lives. I say all of this this evening because I suspect that everyone in the audience tonight can remember at least one great teacher who's had a profound and enduring influence and directed you, as did Miss Rice, Mr. Whitlinger, and Dr. Smith. And if this were a Quaker meeting instead of a national celebration, I'd suggest a moment, of, a moment of silence to recall those who've helped us to become something much greater than we otherwise would be. And if I were to invite you to the platform here this evening, who would you recall? I know the presidential scholars would no doubt recall the teachers you brought with you to Washington this week. What a marvelous tribute that you paid. This weekend, then, you will meet an assembly of star-studded heroic figures, outstanding leaders in government and business and in entertainment and the arts. And as you do, I hope you remember that all of them are here in part because of teachers who taught them how to read, but most importantly taught them how to think. And at the beginning of this stunning celebration, I should like to salute all the teachers in the nation who are unsung heroes and have, in fact, been responsible for this meeting. <laughs> and this evening in this museum, at the moment before we see the film, I should like to pay special tribute to Krista McCullough, who never made it into space but did travel into the heads and into the hearts of hundreds of her students and therefore will live throughout eternity forever. <clears throat> One final 
bothersome benediction. In the days ahead, you'll be going into physics and chemistry, into government, into business, into entertainment and the arts, as will the heroic figures you see this, this weekend. But is it unthinkable that some of you will at least for, ever, for several years travel into the classrooms of the nation? You're the brightest and the best, and you're precisely what the, co what the coming generation uh, urgently expects. And so while we're here at the gathering of the greats, let's remember the unremembered teachers who, because of their influence on our lives, are the greatest of them all. And I suggest your final examination is as follows. When you go back home, make a call or send a note and say thank you to a teacher and tell her or tell him that they too were with you in Washington during the weekend when you were honored. Thank you very much. Thank you.